Kevin Fiala of the Minnesota Wild is one of the most rumored players the Islanders could be targeting to add some offense this offseason. Seth Tupel of Locked On Wild joins us to discuss the skill set of Kevin Fiala, how he might fit in with the Islanders, and what it would cost to get him. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show the host of Locked On Minnesota Wild, Seth Tupel. Going to talk a little Kevin Fiala today. And, uh, well, let, let, let's start with this, uh, Seth. Why is he available? What's what's going on with the Wild and with Kevin Fiala that makes this talented player suddenly in demand and available? You know, the thing I think that's important first off to mention in this process is it's not Kevin Fiala specifically. This is just the culmination of the fallout from buying out Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Now, obviously, production-wise, I think you could look and say that you maybe had some productive years from Ryan Suter still. Uh, not necessarily Zach Parise, uh, although he did um, he did find a home in New York. Uh, so uh, he was able to uh, to bounce back after that, but... You know, some of the stuff behind the scenes led Bill Guerin to a point where he felt that he absolutely had to buy out both players. And with that decision, there was going to be some economic fallout that the Wild were going to have to stomach. And it, it could have been any player, depending on when this happened, depending on you know where players were at in their um, in their contracts, their need for for extensions, it could have been anybody. It just happens that um, Kevin Fiala was the one who was left without a chair when the music stopped. Now, some of the comments Bill Guerin has made this off season, you know, he did take exception, I think, to the amount of people saying that Matt Dumba is just the the easy choice, should be the one that's traded to free up the room to re-sign Fiala. And so took uh, took exception to that and said, you know, why why are we um, so quick to to want to re-sign him after three good months? Obviously, that's underselling the Kevin Fiala experience as a whole. But at the end of the day, we we've seen a lot of good from Kevin Fiala over the last few years. It just ultimately came down to um, just not having enough money uh, at this point to be able to sign him long-term. And so 
the next question flips to trying to get the uh, the most out of him that you can. Yeah, and look, here's a guy coming off a career year by far, 33 goals, 85 points, a plus 23. Uh, give me a basic idea of what Kevin Fiala brings to the table. Well, he's a dynamic scorer, first and foremost, and he is a player who really can be one of those guys that carries your team when he is rolling on all cylinders. The timeline for his season was uh, was an interesting one because early on in the season, wasn't scoring a lot of goals. Now, a lot of that was through sheer bad luck. He had some great looks early on in the season that just were either getting gobbled up by the opposing goalie or were just... It seemed like having divine intervention to where the puck didn't go in the net. He finished the season, and I believe the numbers were 25 goals in his last 45 games, somewhere in that vicinity. So obviously, when he is rolling, he has the potential to be one of those guys that can give you goals every night. You know, some of the other things I think that make him really appealing, he's very durable. He has been a guy that plays anywhere from 80 to 82 games a season. He played the entire season this year. Last year, the only games that he missed were due to a suspension for a hit into the boards right away to start the season. I think it was against the Los Angeles Kings. Those were the only games that he missed. Beyond that, he's missed maybe one or two games here or there, but is a guy that will give you a large majority of the season. And It's no coincidence that the Wilds record when he registered a point last year was, um, I think the final tally ended up being 38, 13, and 6. So obviously a guy who, when he is scoring, it matters. Now, you look at some of those numbers from the beginning of the season. We got to take into account the fact that he was on a line with two mainly defensive players in Freddie Goudreau, he had both Nick Bugstead and Victor Rask as the primary center on that line. Those are not great options. Now, enter Matt Boldy at the end of the season, and those two just clicked immensely. And it, it could have been, some of it could have been Boldy specifically because I think he is a tremendous NHL talent and has the opportunity to be a really good player in this league. Some of that could have just been, you know, getting an offense-oriented wing on that line that could kind of help him do his thing. Um, Fiala obviously has a lot, of, a lot of talent himself, so not trying to undersell what he was able to do. But you look at when Boldy came up, and in the final 47 games that those two played on, uh, on line together, Fiala was a 44-goal 106 point player. So you put somebody who is a similar talent to Matt Boldy on that line with Fiala and you throw in, you know, maybe a more offense oriented center. And I think he's a player that is capable of giving you um, somewhere between 30, 35 goals and 80 to 90 points. I think that's something he's going to be able to do pretty easily. He's a player who is 25 Um, so you would assume that he's entering into his prime and there just is a lot to like uh, about what he brings to the table. Now on the flip side, 
Fiala does have the tendency when things aren't necessarily going well to kind of get a little frustrated. And that takes its form in bad penalties. He is a guy who has taken a lot of costly and bad penalties, uh, especially this season. You look in the playoffs against the Blues, led the team with 16 penalty minutes, and a lot of those were uh, of the high stick variety to where you know some of that stuff's frustration of not him not scoring a goal in that series. So he does tend to get frustrated, which can impact his play on the ice, but at the same time, it's it's not a I don't think it's a fluke that he registered a career season after the Wild essentially told him to prove it. Um, obviously wanted to do so for his next contract, but he just it, it, it to me he's a player entering his prime, and uh, I think he is a guy that can really be a solid productive wing and a top six guy um, for whichever team ends up acquiring him. You think he's more of a first-line or second-line guy, or is he kind of on the border between those two right now? You know, it's hard It's hard to say because you look at the Wilds situation, and they had Kirill Kaprizov on the top line. They tried uh, Kaprizov and Fiala during the, the bout with COVID and just the, the rampant injuries that this team had um, early in the season. They tried putting those two together on the same line, and for whatever reason, it just didn't seem like it was working. And so can Fiala be a winger on a line with a team that doesn't have like a Kirill Kaprizov? I, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if he was able to do that. I, I think he slots in more as, as kind of a second-line guy. Now, with the Wilds, you've got the line of Jewel Eriksson Ek, Jordan Greenway and Marcus Foligno that the Wild like to play a lot because of what they did defensively. The line of Kevin Fiala and Matt Boldy played quite a bit once they came together and they started to really take off. So he's certainly capable of being a top six guy as far as you know a number one starting line winger. He could be. Uh, we we just didn't really get a chance to see that here in Minnesota. All right. Well, I got some more questions for you, Seth. But first, I uh, would like to talk about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including the Stanley Cup Finals and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Betonline, where the game starts. So, Seth, uh, let's talk a little bit about the player himself. On the ice, the skill set. What does Kevin Fiala do very well? And where is his game perhaps lacking a little bit? You know, I, I think the thing that Fiala is best known for is being just it's a dynamic playmaker. And he's a guy that, that can give you a good you know, burst into the zone. He is great with having the puck and knowing what to do with it. Um, he's got some good speed to his game. And so he just... 
he he's one of those guys that you can just now not maybe to the level of say Kirill Kaprizov, but he's great at having the puck and knowing what to do with it. And he's got he's got a good shot. And he just he had so many times where he just does these crazy um he has these crazy stick handling moves and there were a couple of goals he scored this year where he just is maneuvering through the entire opponent and is somehow able to fire off a shot and score a goal and it just he, he has just a lot of great aspects to his game now he does and i think some of this comes from simply maybe trying to do too much, he is prone to turning the puck over. Now, again, let's look at some of the situations in which those happen. Trying to ha- trying to pass the puck up the ice to an opponent when he sees that they maybe have an opening to go try to score uh, on a good opportunity. And an opponent happens to get their puck in the way and, and steals the puck. Him trying to make a play, those are the kinds of things I think you can can live with. Um, he He's had, and again, turnovers, turnovers for NHL players, it feels like they're really only something you talk about if they happen immediately before a goal is scored. Right. And so some of that, you know, some of that you just look at and say, well, he's, he's trying to make plays, and especially early in the season, with being the only really offense-oriented player on the line he was on, you know, you're trying to do more to compensate for that. And so pressing some things along that line, um, I think the biggest part of his game that that he is is going to grow from, and we did see some of that this year uh, before the playoffs, is just trying not to get too rattled when things aren't going well. Uh, he had a game early in the season in which he, on three consecutive shifts, committed penalties. And so went to the box three straight times. Dean Evison benched him. And they they talked in between. They talked in the second intermission. And uh, Fiala said something along the lines of, look, I get it. If you're, uh, you're going to bench me the rest of the game, I deserve it. Um, have not played well. Have not helped the team. And uh, Dean got message received, and so he came in later in the game. He assisted on the game tying goal against the uh, the Washington Capitals, and uh, I believe scored in the shootout. So came back to uh, to help the team win. But obviously, you know, at that time in that moment, those three straight penalties not great. So he's a player that tends to tends to get frustrated when things aren't going well, but when things are going well for him, he is he is a very, very good and a very confident player too. I think a lot of what he is able to do on the ice stems from confidence from uh, from playing at the top of his game. And so you know, a lot of that a lot of that goes a long way. And if you don't have it, if you go a couple of games without a goal, some of that doubt starts to creep in and that's where the frustration starts. One thing I noticed looking over the statistics and from the games I've seen him play, he's not afraid to shoot the puck. And the Islanders certainly could use someone who's willing to shoot first and pass second, or at least when the shot opportunity is there, you take it rather than trying to make that perfect pass. Does Fiala 
consistently over 82 games sort of fit that mold. Oh, yeah. He's a player who definitely is not afraid to shoot the puck. And so if you have other players that don't take those shots, he's not somebody that's going to pass one up. You know, we we see it from – and I don't know how to phrase this without it seeming like it's a criticism, but we see Kirill do this – at points, and we we've seen the wild power play do it a lot, where you have players working around the perimeter, and it just seems like they just are waiting forever and ever and ever, trying to find that perfect opportunity, as opposed to just straight up taking the shot. Uh, Fiala leans more towards taking the shot than he does look for the good opportunity to uh, to pass it to somebody. And again, that's going to sound like a criticism of Carell. It's not. It's just he has the otherworldly vision to be able to do that. So Fiala is a guy that, you know, if there's an opportunity for him to take a shot, he's going to take it. Makes sense. How is he on the power play? That was interesting because the wild power play, by and large, for the entirety of the season was just terrible. Um, a A lot of passing up shot opportunities bad entries into the zone. And so the unit as a whole, not good. It seemed like they had their best amount of success once Kevin Fiala was finally elevated to that top power play alongside Kirill Kaprizov, Matt Zuccarello, some of those other guys on that unit. Now, he played second power play for a lot of the season just for the sake of balance. You've got Kirill. He's going to be your top power play guy. So naturally, one of your other guys you want to put on power play number two just to try to keep him even. Didn't really work, didn't produce a lot of great results, but when they put him on power play one, that, uh, that unit did have some success late in the season. And you know to go into the penalty kill as well, bad unit for the Wild the entire season. But uh, Fiala was a guy, now he's not going to be somebody that's going to be a lockdown defender by any means. But he worked his way into being able to be somebody on the penalty kill down the stretch. And you looked at the unit as a whole, and the Wild were giving up just a ton of power play goals down the stretch of the season. But he, I didn't think he did poorly on the penalty kill by any stretch. And he certainly had plenty of moments where you know, he was almost single-handedly uh, working the puck out of the zone and preventing the opponent from scoring. So he he's somebody that I think can give you a little bit on the penalty kill. He can be a good asset on the power play as well. Obviously, uh, you know, we know the Islanders have changed coaches, but Lane Lambert, an assistant under Barry Trotz for many years, obviously defense is something that matters to the Islanders. I'm not saying this guy is going to win the Selkie trophy, but is he going to at least give you the effort? What, what is he going to give you defensively? Yeah, he's, he's going to give you the effort, I think, is the important thing. And um, th- that was one of the things early on in the season is, yeah, we weren't getting the goals from Fiala to start the year, but he was still grinding it out. He's, he's a player that, you know, he, he did really after that, um, after that moment that he got benched against Washington, it, it seemed like the, the effort level was way better. Uh, the rest of the season. So he is a guy that is going to give you, he's going to give you quality minutes on the ice, obviously because of what he can do on offense, 
but he still tries. He still tries hard on defense. And so that's something too, that maybe as he uh, starts to um, enter into the prime of his career, obviously not going to be somebody that, you know, is a a defense, a a defense oriented forward, the likes of say Marcus Foligno or Jewel Erickson Eck or some of those guys, but he maybe could be a guy that ends up being somebody that you're not like, okay, we can't have him out there in crucial defensive situations. All right. Well, uh, you know, the skill set seems to match up pretty well for the New York Islanders. And uh, when we come back, we will discuss what the Wild might be looking for in some kind of a deal, because obviously trades, you got to give something to get something. So we'll talk about that and a lot more when we come back here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We are back, and we are here with Seth Tupel of Locked On Minnesota Wild. Always great to talk to Seth. I had the pleasure of interviewing him many times on Locked On NHL. And um, so you, we've talked about Fiala, what he can do, what roles he can play, his strengths and weaknesses. What's it going to take to get a guy like Kevin Fiala? Because you can't get him for nothing. So uh, what are the Wild looking for? So it's – intriguing because it seems like there are a lot of different options out there for the wild depending on what they're looking at now obviously at this point not a lot of room cap wise to work with that being said the wild are mostly set on the roster going into next season so you're looking at one of two things and a combination of both you're looking for picks because Judd Brackett has done really well with draft picks since uh, since being part of the Wild organization. So you're looking for some picks to give him an opportunity to build this core in the future. You're also looking for players who could potentially be part of this core going forward because not only are the buyouts bad this year, they increase by, now granted it's by a couple million, but the next two years after this, they increase, and so then they're at their max uh, max level, and then after the two years, they go back down to, I, I think it's like $1.6 million total for the two. So you're looking for players who could be part of the next core for this team, but are going to be cheap, controllable assets that you can put on this roster Maybe not necessarily this year, but next year and beyond. And so you've got teams out there. You've got the New Jersey Devils who have the number two overall pick. Now, is that going to be something that Bill Guerin can get for Kevin Fiala? Maybe, maybe not, depending on how desperate the Devils are to make a big splash. you got the Ottawa Senators who have the seventh overall pick. That, I think, is a little more of an attainable goal as is this 13th pick for the uh, the Islanders. Um, I think those are some good targets for the Wild to look at uh, in a trade because you know, you, you're going to be able to ask for that first-round pick this year, and uh, it's going to be a situation where a, a, a prospect or two in addition to that, um, I, I'm not a GM, and so um, what it takes to make it work is obviously will, where Bill Guerin comes in. And that's where the GMs come in. They make it work. They iron out the details. But it, it, I look at it two ways. It's either a, a really, really good prospect and a pick 
or it's a good pick and a prospect or two that are intriguing that the Wild can look at as players that can be part of their core um, beyond the season. And, you know, the Islanders have the ability to, uh, to offer that with the first-round pick this year, I'm sure. Um, the big question I have is, who are some of those young players that the Wild may be interested in uh, on the Islanders roster? Not necessarily guys who are, you know, maybe they have made the roster already, or maybe they're guys that are knocking on the door to being able to be part of this uh, Islanders nucleus. So are you looking more at forwards or defensemen, or are you not particular? (laughs) Well, from the Wild perspective, I don't think you can ever have enough centers because the Wild have a lot of guys who are not natural centers that are playing the center position right now. So um, I think centers is a good spot to start for sure. Okay. Uh, If you're looking at centers, the Islanders' top prospect in their system right now is Atu Rate, who uh, was their second-round pick this year, and the Islanders didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, Came over to North America at the very end of the regular season after the KHL season was done. Uh, And I'm not sure if it was the KHL or one of the Scandinavian leagues, but after the European season was over, he came, played a few late-season games for Bridgeport, in the AHL and then played in the playoffs for them as well, had an overtime game winning goal uh, during the postseason. He is according to the hockey news and a number of other uh, sources, the top prospect in the Islanders organization, natural center, uh, probably a year or two away from full-time NHL duty. Maybe if you know, you're talking about a team that doesn't have a lot of depth at center, he could, play this year, but ideally uh, probably wait one more year until making him a full-time piece. I know the Islanders are not eager to trade him, but, uh, you know, again, got to give something to get something. It would seem that Rate would probably fit what the Wild would be looking for. Would a player like Anthony Bevilier be of any interest? He's 25, if I'm not mistaken, same age. As Fiala, he could help you on the wing right now. He's got good speed and is kind of probably would benefit from a change of scenery. Was pretty much about a a 50 55 point guy a couple of years ago, but more like a 35 40 point guy last year. Uh, Any interest at all in Bo, or is that not anywhere on the radar of the Wild? Uh, Normally. Under normal circumstances, I I have no problem with players that are in need of a change of scenery. However, with this situation that the Wilds currently find themselves in for salary cap reasons, what is his what is his contract situation? I believe he has one more year left at a fairly reasonable rate. I can sort of uh, verify that because but... while while we're while we're finding that. Um, it's just the Wild have a few more holes that they need to fill, most notably the backup goalie situation. Whether right. whether or not that's Marc-Andre Fleury is yet to be seen. But I, I get the sense that the Wilds are looking for a trade you know, that can help them down the line that doesn't necessarily involve um, salary coming back. Then again, 
Bill Guerin has shown the propensity to kind of pull a fast one on people and do something that we're not necessarily expecting. So he could just completely pull one out of left field and just say, hey, we're going to do this and they're going to bring in all these players. Like, okay. Right. Uh, He's got two years left on his deal at 4.15 mil per. That I think is going to be a little too steep for the Wilds. Um, you know, again, it, I I've seen a lot of situations where players in need of new scenery f- flourish in different environments. So that that would be intriguing, but money wise, I, I don't know if that one's going to work. Um, but again, thirteenth overall pick, super intriguing. Ratu is uh, is super intriguing as well. So. The Islanders certainly have um, prospects and picks to make this happen. I'll flip that on you, though. Salary cap-wise, are the Islanders in a position where they would be able to afford the type of extension that uh, Kevin Fiala would be looking for on a new deal? They right now have about $12 million in cap space, and they can free up some more, for example, uh Simeon Varlamov, probably the backup goalie right now, his cap hit is $5 million. You can probably, you know, he could start somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the team. I mean, Edmonton would probably, you know, really benefit from a, a guy who's won consistently, started consistently, has a, a playoff resume. Uh, but, you know, you could probably free up another 2 $3 million if you get a less expensive backup and are able to make that trade. What do you think Fiala would be looking for in, a, in an extension? And I don't think we explicitly said it. What is his contract situation right now? So he is he is a going to be a restricted free agent. Final year of his uh, of his current status with the Wild or with the team that acquires him. So right. he's going to be looking for a long term deal. Now the Wild tried to kind of play this. And ultimately ended up taking him to arbitration, which was one of the final dominoes in this entire process. And the Wilds went low on the submitted offer. Um, and the team settled at $5.1 million. I think his, and just in looking at, you know, on Twitter and some of the discussion that's been had about what he's going to command. He could be a player that looks for anything between, I think, seven to nine mil per. I, I think he's going to be more like a. I just, I feel like with a player who's 25 going into his prime, I just keep going back to like an eight year, eight mil per type contract. And I'm not the best with, with speculating contracts that, or any of those types of things, mainly because I'm not super skilled in the math department. <laughs> but he just it feels like a situation where he is going to want somewhere around 8 per and honestly, I have a hard time making a case for him not getting that. Right. Right. Well, I I think the Islanders could afford it. They may have to do a little juggling cuz you know, there are other needs. They're looking for a puck moving defenseman among other things in addition to the goal scorer, but I think when it comes to the salary cap, 
uh, a lot of the time when there's a will, there's a way, whether you have to make a trade or you have to structure the contract a little differently. So, you know, I, I think the Islanders could make eight times eight or seven times eight uh, work if they had to. And I think the fact that Fiala is 25 and not 19 based on Lou Lamarillo and the organization's history of preferring veteran players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there is a certain logic there that would make him intriguing. So I, I think both sides sort of have the makings of a, of a possible deal, whether it comes to fruition or not, we have to wait and see. But uh, Seth, this has been uh, a big pleasure. Really great to talk to you about this. Uh, and should be a very interesting next few months. You, you think this deal gets done before the draft? I mean, is that what we're looking at if it does happen? That that feels like kind of the deadline for this to happen because, you know, if you want it to be a pick for this year, obviously you got to have that in your pocket uh, to be able to do something with it. Now, if it ends up being a trade that involves a future first, obviously that does that's not as important. But I do get the sense that, the Wild want to try to get this resolved as early as they can um, so that both sides can kind of work on what comes next. Right. That, that makes sense. Well, let's see if uh, former Islanders captain Bill Guerin can, uh, can uh, work out a deal with his former team. So, uh, it, again, intriguing situation, and let's see how this plays out. Seth, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank you for doing this and uh, let's do it again sometime when, whenever the occasion warrants it. Happy to do it anytime and we'll see how things play out. It's very likely that we could be uh, having another one of these to discuss the actual trade. We'll see what happens. All right. Sounds good. Seth Tupel from Locked On Wild. A pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. All right, we want to thank Seth for joining us today. Always a pleasure to do a crossover episode. And uh, for the New York Islanders, I think this uh, is a very possible trade that they may want to make. want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.